swing low and the trumpets they go. Ooh, Jason Derulo. Oh, the trumpets! What a cool, cool song. Hello and welcome. It is Friday. It is 9.04 on cliffcentral.com. Thank you so much to Gareth and the team. Back again Monday. Ooh, all sorts of Cricket World Cup action. And Ben is at the top of that. Catch him on Sunday live in action here on cliffcentral.com. Okay, so we're talking about Sonar. The Sonar reply, the eight days in February that probably in some way changed uh, this nation. Um, we're going to be speaking to a whole bunch of guests throughout the show. Of course, we want to get your views on it as well. 0861-555-189. Or you can tweet your questions to our guests at yebo underscore levy. Uh, we are speaking to a whole bunch of people today. Uh, first up, we've got Ranjene Munusami. She's uh, from the Daily Maverick, a journalist. We've also got Musi Maimani. He is the DA parliamentary speaker. Uh, we've got Gwede Mantashe. We're also going to try and get hold of uh, Julius Malema as well. So if you have any questions for all those guests, 0861-555-189 or tweet us at yebo underscore levy. We promise to get your questions answered or at least try. Good evening, Sanbonani, Molweni, Riperile, Dumelang, Lochan, Huenand, Dimateguan. That Madam South Africa Speaker, belongs to all who live of, in it. Um, a question of privilege. Black. Rule 14C of the Joint Rules of Parliament 6 edition. Rule 14, Section C and L. Can the Honourable, the President, Honourable the President, I'm sorry to interrupt your speech. Uh, if the President would not mind just taking a seat. But please don't take it literally. For you, Honorable President, are not an honorable man. Honorable Malema, I don't think you are going to raise anything that is not covered by what I have said. You are making a mistake because you are reading my mind. When is the money being paid by EFT, cash, or e-wallet? What did you do, Mr. President? You laughed. <laughs> you laughed while the people of South Africa cried for their beloved country. Honorable members should be aware that each house has a procedure for asking of questions to the executive. It is within my right to speak as a member of this house and remind you. See, you're willing to break every democratic institution to try and fix the legal predicament you find yourself in. You are not raising anything new. And what you are saying is still the same thing I've responded to, I've explained. The brute force of the state won and the hearts of our nation was broken. I also order the security officers to please assist. But Honorable Speaker, we want to speak. Because if we allow our parliament to become a circus, we are destroying democracy. We have indeed allowed one powerful man to get away with too much for far too long. To want to suggest that when the president speaks, you suspend the rules. The rules are not suspended and the rules must apply even when the president speaks. Honorable President, we will never, ever forgive you for what you did on that day. Mm. Amazing, amazing uh, audio from eight days in February that uh, quite literally changed South Africa. We're speaking to the people that were part of the action throughout the show. Of course, we want to hear from you as well. 0861-555-189 or tweet us at yebo underscore levy or at Cliff Central. Come, we're going to start with uh, a, a woman who's been involved in politics for an incredible amount of time, uh, Ranjini Munusami. She is a senior journalist at the Daily Maverick. Uh, Ranjini, good morning to you. Ranjini, can you hear me? We seem to be battling with uh, Ranjini Munusami. Ranjini, can you hear us now? 
Right, we're battling uh, with Rangeli. We're going to try to get her on the line. Of course, she's been saying all sorts of things around Sonar. She's been giving us live updates, uh, blow-by-blow accounts of what's been happening in Parliament and also, more importantly, what's been happening behind the scenes because obviously uh, that's when when the action gets real is when you see what's happening behind, how people react, uh, what are they saying, what, what do they think they're saying, um, that we start to hear and, and start to understand a little bit of our politicians. Um, Rangeli, Jenny, uh, good morning. Let's see if we've got you now. Uh, yes, I'm here. Hey, Hi, there we go. A, an exhausted run, Jenny. You must be absolutely finished after after eight days of craziness. No, it has been eight days of craziness. Eh? Um, but thank goodness it ended on, well, not a high note, but at least a calmer note yesterday. People are talking about the olive branch. I mean... You wrote that uh, in one of your columns, actually, that you published today, and we'll put that on Twitter now, that it's all because of Zuma that we're in this position. Um, but can one man really hold this country to ransom? Well, he is the president of South Africa, so, you know, he's, he's the key figure in leadership. He controls the state. Um, so, yes, I mean, he has a lot of power uh, and influence over what happens in the country. But also, um, you know, people look to him, uh, for for leadership, uh, even though he he has been disappointing in his first administration and certainly the past year since the election, um, he hasn't exactly um, you know uh, done his position proud. Um, so yes, I think um, he he does influence the, the national mood and <clears throat> certainly the the events around him and particularly the Nkanda scandal. Uh, has become kind of a monument to corruption and a symbol of what has gone wrong in the country. Ranjini, I mean, are there people within the ANC that are actually, you know, going against Zuma? Is there any voice that, that's not being shut down before it begins, that's actually being heard in the ANC that, that we know about? Um, well, not really. You know, uh, there was um, a strong lobby before the ANC conference in 2012 when Mr. Zuma was re-elected. They called themselves the forces for change, but they um, were shut down completely. Most of them booted out out of leadership positions in the ANC. And I think that has caused a level of fright among other dissidents um, who are now more cautious. Um, Because once you get kicked out of ANC leadership positions, that also goes with positions in the state. So what you find is that um, uh, people, uh, you, you know, are, are just worried that if they stick the next out now, that they lose their source of income, they, they lose their, their, their political power and um, lobbying power. Um, so, yeah, I think people are more cautious to, to speak out against what they see is going wrong in the ANC and tend to just go along with, with everybody else. Uh, it's 12 minutes past nine on cliffcentral.com. If you've just joined the show, welcome to it. We are wrapping up the week with talking about Sona. The Sona reply, of course, President Zuma replied to all the comments uh, yesterday evening, early evening. And we're speaking to uh, an incredible journalist, Ranjeni Munusami. She's from the Daily Maverick. Um, Ranjeni, do you think that there's been any kind of shift publicly in the ANC support for Zuma? There wasn't, you know, there's been in the past a lot of people coming out in huge support of Zuma. When when Sonar and all the rest of it happened this uh, past eight days, there didn't seem as much outcry. No, um, you know, previously I found people kind of falling over themselves to protect the president and defend Kanla, but you saw the narrative change a little bit this week, um, and I think that um, the NC Secretary General Guedemantashi set the tone in a in a media release he issued on Tuesday where he was basically, you know, asking people to stick to the issues and, uh, and 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 just have some kind of a level of respect and decorum. But he didn't jump to President Zuma's defense as he normally does. And, um, you know, the, and this is why you saw Nkandla not featuring very much. Um, there were a few NC speakers who, who did try and defend it. And certainly on the first day of the debate, Tuesday, you didn't see people fawning over the president in the way they normally mm. do. On uh, on Wednesday, there was a little bit more, and it's probably because it was so obvious from Tuesday that they weren't doing that, that, you know, they tried to kind of cover up on Wednesday.
but it but it hasn't been the same uh, kind of behavior from the ANC. And I think, you know, when you look at it overall, they were kind of on the back foot this week. I think that, you know, when you look at the behavior last week um, in the National Assembly, when the EFF was removed, they clapped and cheered. They were very haughty and kind of arrogant in the way they responded to yes. it. And I think that the backlash that they caught from that, including about the president's behavior and him laughing, uh, I think it caused kind of some kind of circumspection in, in the ANC, uh, which, uh, you know, you, did, you didn't see that that much arrogance from them this week. So, um, but there, there were a few MPs that were, you know, copying and trying to take on their position and fighting back. Uh, but I think that also what happened with the speaker um, and the reaction to her calling Vilis Malema a cockroach mm. uh, caused people to think a little bit about how they behave. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, as I was saying, that the, the end result, we found that the, the speaker Balagambeta then apologized to Julius Malema on Wednesday afternoon. He then apologized. He accepted her apology quite rapidly, I must say. <laughs> and then also apologized to uh, the premier of the Western Cape, Helen Zilla, for what, calling her a cockroach some years ago. So that caused kind of, uh, you know, somewhat of a reconciliatory tone. But I think uh, yesterday, um, you know, the, the president's reply yesterday uh, definitely, you know, just calmed the waters in the way he reached out across the house to, to calm things down. You know, you spoke about the, the olive branch and uh, the reconciliatory feel. Um, I'm so glad I actually pronounced that word correctly. Reconciliatory. I've been battling with it. Um, but uh, you spoke about that feel uh, from President Zuma's speech yesterday. What do you think? Why? Why do you think he took that approach? What What was it that that made him go down down that route? You know, President Zuma is very experienced in um, in peacemaking, both in negotiations with the National Party um, and negotiating uh, uh, the the transition process, and um, as well as with the IFP during the war in KwaZulu Natal, he did a lot of behind yeah, the scenes things. Um, Footwork, and then he also had he played international roles as well in Burundi. He was the chief mediator, so he's very experienced in in in, in mediation. But let's know that this incident affects him very personally, and it affects his home, and um, it affects the ANC. So it's a lo- it's a lot more difficult uh, to just you know switch into peacemaker mode and um, kind of mediate because he is. The, the target of the anger and the vitriol from the EFF. So, but I think that, you know, uh, what happened in, over the, the past eight days caused him to reflect and look at um, the impact on Parliament and on the country. And, you know, what happened, I think, did cause a lot of despondency and disenchantment amongst South Africans. And perhaps, you know, they read that mode, and that's what caused them to do that. And, look, it wasn't scripted. Um, he went off script where he looked across to certain leaders of the opposition, started with Monsieur Lacosta from uh, COPE, mm. then, the, uh, then Julius Malema saying, I appreciate the way you raise issues and the dignity and respect, and also responded to the issues they raised. And then Monsieur Lacosta had this completely perplexed look on his face. <laughs> I don't think he expected Me? it. Me? Julius <laughs> Malema. Julius Malema was just transfixed on a spot across from where he was sitting. He did not make eye contact with the president. I think he was taken aback himself. But the one person who glowed in the face was the IFP leader, Mangasuti Pichilezi, because President Zuma said, oh, you you know, you're like a father figure, and you know, it's nice to have senior citizens in the house. So, you know, it caused, like, you know, there was like a kind of feel-good atmosphere after that. Um and then he also, you know, there was like some substance in the speech which uh, people found lacked in the sauna itself. Mm. It's interesting you bring up um, IFP leader Mangosutu Butelezi. He's played a really interesting role. If, you, if you've watched the last eight days and you see his responses to things, I mean, straight after Sonar, he was interviewed and he was like, it's absolutely ridiculous how the EFF have behaved. And, uh, you know, the cabinet should have used all, all forces necessary. Then he uh, apparently wrote, read out the, the apology letter 
of Miss um, Balakambete uh, to the house. Why is he like being almost ANC esque? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Maybe you know because he's getting on, and you know he feels he's sitting in the middle of that you know um, entire chaos, and it's trying to settle it down. I mean, the one thing with him is that okay, he's, he's over eighty years old, and he's an extremely experienced politician, but he knows how to play the game, and I think that mm. the entire ball game in South African politics has changed so significantly. Uh, since the election last year, and you find this kind of very confrontational politics. And I think he himself is battling with that. Um, but what he saw, even last week, when uh, uh, at the Sona, when the president and the entourage walked into parliament, um, the EFF did not stand up, they remained sitting. And he was sitting near um, Julius Malema, and he kind of leaned over and said, stand up, stand up. I was watching from, from the media bay above, and Julius Malema just ignored him and didn't want to. And ever since then, he's been trying his level best. When I, I saw during the week, during the debate, when one EFF MP was fighting with, with ANC MPs across the house, he was there grabbing her, telling her to sit down. He kept trying <laughs> to calm things down. Um, and yes, he also read the, the, the speaker's apology. So um, I think, you know, he just... Um, he 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 finds that you know that the that the kind of confrontational politics is uh, is is kind of grating and difficult to contend with, um, and also it doesn't allow for any kind of constructive debate. So perhaps that's why he intervened. Now, of course, two of the the most prominent parties in Parliament, um, the EFF and and the DA. Now that Sonar has, has, has calmed down and, until at least the 11th of March, parliamentary action will pick up again. Do you think that now exposes the, the cracks that started to form in the EFF? Uh, what do you expect the fallout from that will be? Yes, the, the, the a strange thing about that is that um, the dissidents in the EFF claim to have um, evidence about corruption and mismanagement of EFF funds. I don't know why they have held back on exposing that for now. And then also those people, including uh, Andir and Ritama, uh, need to undergo a disciplinary hearing. So certainly there will be some focus on, on that fallout. Um, but in terms of parliamentary politics, um, the budget is being presented next week. It's going to be an extremely important budget because it is expected that there will be changes to um, the tax system um, and also um, further details on, on, on austerity measures um, <clears throat> to kind of cut costs. Um, so it's, it's going to be an extremely important uh, budget, and I think that there is some level of appreciation among political parties that this is something that they need to pay attention and take seriously. So I think there will be some sort of cessation of hostilities certainly next week and focus on the budget part. I think the big day for the next round of WWF Parliamentary Edition <laughs> will be... Um, the cage fight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will be on the 11th of March when President Zuma returns to the podium to answer questions and then the EFF will get to put their question to him again when will you pay back the money. Uh, before we get there, and I know we're running out of time here, but just quickly explain the PAC system you were talking about um, that we're, we're looking forward to in terms of the budget uh, speech next week. Sorry, Andrew, I didn't, I didn't get that. I was just saying, you, you mentioned in the budget speech next week there's going to be uh, discussions around this PAC system. Can you explain exactly what that means? The tax system, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what happened was that a former finance minister, Travis Gordon, set in place a commission headed by, uh, or uh, certainly a commission, yeah, uh, in, um, uh, headed by Judge Dennis, Dennis Davis to review the current tax system and make recommendations. So what we're expecting now is, particularly because of the state of um, South Africa's finances, um, South Africa's large debt, um, and because uh, there isn't uh, enough funding coming through um, the the tax system to be able to fund the National Development Plan, that there has to be extraordinary measures taken to, um, to, to... to get more funds, basically, to, to, to fund South Africa's development plans. So um, we don't know exactly what that is. We have no idea what it will be, whether there will be changes to the VAT system, whether it will be personal income tax. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're expecting the expectation is that personal income tax may uh, may go go up, um, but it'll certainly um, uh, you know uh, the 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 consumers already hard pressed. We enjoyed yeah. um, several months of having low fuel costs, and that's <laughs> about to to change. And um, I think a, a, a reviewed tax system will, will certainly impact hard on the consumer. Ranjani, uh, finally, 11th of March, everyone's been talking about the date that it all comes down. You mentioned the WWF second round. Uh, what do you expect to happen? How long will EFF actually stay in Parliament this time around? Well, I don't know. That's difficult to say. Perhaps, you know, from the reconciliatory tone uh, that was set yesterday, that, um, you know, things might be more constructive. Perhaps the president will answer the question. Uh, perhaps he will de- he will decide to pay back some money. I don't know, and that will uh, or could diffuse the situation. But for as long as he continues to say that he did nothing wrong and that he does not need to reimburse the state for non-security update, updates at Nkandla, I think that the EFF is going to you know sit on his back and continue to hound him and uh, disrupt what he's doing. So, you know, the, I think that just as they kind of uh, seem to have strategized around yesterday's reply, I think the president and his advisors need to think hard in, in over the next few, few weeks as to how to handle that. And uh, perhaps there'll be a change of tone from him, or perhaps not. If not, I think it's going to be another heavy confrontation. But like him better, do you expect her to stay? Oh, yeah, I think I think so. I think oh, you both have... President Becky and uh, and Speaker Balakumbeka is only the ANC that can take decisions to remove them. And right now they're still extremely popular and they enjoy a lot of support in the ANC. And the ANC has closed ranks around them, so I, there's definitely no chance of them being removed. Ranjani Munusami, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're exhausted. Have yourself a restful weekend. Uh, if you want to follow Ranjani on Twitter, she is amazing in terms of giving commentary on uh, the South African political situation. Uh, she's written a really good article in the Daily Maverick today. You can just go to at Ranjani M and you can follow her there. Ranjani, thank you for your time. Have a good day. Right, we're speaking to the other politician who was absolutely prolific in the eight days of February. That is Musi Maimani. Stay tuned. Remember cuddles in the kitchen, yeah, to get things off the ground and get warm. Up, up, and away. But still it's right hard to remember that on the day Very like cool. today when you're old. It's Marty Bam. Arctic Monkeys, what a cool, cool tune. I really like them. Um, fantastic band. And uh, we're talking uh, Sonar and the Sonar Reply. It's been eight days of February. Sounds like a Vusi Piccoli book that's coming out. Uh, just your thoughts. 0861 What do you think about Sonar, Sonar Reply? You can also tweet us at Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y. Um, and uh, we want to hear from you, get your questions. We've got uh, the DA parliamentary leader. It is Musi Maimani. He's up next. If you want to ask him some uh, some questions, give us a shout. Let's let's hear what you have to say. Um, we do want to take your calls. Uh, just me on WeChat as well. Mr. Maimani, I would be proud to call you my president. And I think a lot of people were expressing very, very similar thoughts to that. Um, he is uh, going to be on the line with us in just a second. Of course, we heard from Ranjeni Musumani. She's from the Daily Maverick. We, we've posted up some of the articles that she's been uh, writing over the, the past eight days. You can check it all out. Of course, the 11th of March, that's when President Zuma comes back. And if you thought uh, last Thursday was fireworks, it could be... <laughs> It could be nothing compared to the 11th of March. Um, we're joined on the line now by uh, the DA's uh, parliamentary head. It is uh, Mr. Musi Maimane. Musi, uh, good morning to you. Good morning and uh, good evening and good morning to everybody who's listening. It probably is a good evening to you because you must be absolutely exhausted from the last eight days. Uh, let's just get right into it. President Zuma, you know, a lot of people saying snubbed you by not responding to your criticism. How do you feel about it? Uh, not, I would have expected it. You know, you know when you when you, you understand that Sona takes place over a number of days, and the last day culminates with the president responding. And now I know very well 
that the president did not want to respond to the charges of corruption against him. I didn't expect him to respond. I didn't expect him to respond in how he's managed to defeat the NPA, all of this. I didn't expect him to respond to that because actually where the president is really good has been able to reflect on the history of South Africa. Where he's not really great, he's been able to reflect on the future of South Africa. And so I didn't expect that he was going to respond to that and certainly not being able to articulate what tomorrow's South Africa must look like. Yeah, a lot of people saying he could be a really interesting, uh, amazing history teacher, given given the history lesson he gave some people in Parliament yesterday. Uh, <laughs> what were your th- thoughts on, on his actual sonar reply? I mean, I thought the president worked, uh, worked hard to speak to his own caucus. I think that he made some very important points in certain aspects uh, that he didn't cover. Where I was really worried is that, in fact, he still did not put forward whether or not the issue of education is a concern for him. The issue of load shedding is a, is a concern for him. I thought that he, he treated it like it was another problem, but it's a crisis. I think he must, he must acknowledge before the people of this country that not having electricity is not healthy for our economy. He then wanted to debate the point about job stats. And I thought that um, he, him being able to say that actually so, uh, developed economies grow slower than underdeveloped uh, uh, economies is in some ways a skewed perception when you, com- when you compare us to other nations who are of the similar level of sophistication, so Malaysia, Colombia, and many other countries. Those are developed economies that are growing at a rate faster than us. So it was true to form that the president would blame external factors rather than domestic ones and say own up to it. What I always find difficult is in listening to the president's responses, he never holds the responsibility, never takes accountability for anything. And so it's fine for us to condemn that there's a signal jamming device in the House. It's completely wrong that nobody's held accountable. We should have seen more stronger action from the president. And I think he failed in that regard. Muzi, um, your speech uh, was very Obama-esque on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I spoke to a lot of people afterwards, and they were like, "Geez, that was unbelievable!" You know, on on WeChat, uh, people are saying uh, that they respect you. You've got balls of steel. Keep up the good work. Um, do you think that the DA has become a bit of a lame duck regarding that? You know, speaking and speaking to you, blue in the face, and nothing seems to ever change. I don't at all. I think I think we've had some great successes. You know, if you look at the history of Parliament, a good opposition. If you didn't have the opposition, the scandals around Sarafina would have never been exposed. If you didn't have a good opposition, Nganza, as an issue, would have been something that was swept underneath the carpet. Now we've got other political parties who've taken on sloganism in dealing with the issue of Nganza. But in fact, it was the DA who called for the ad hoc committee. It's been the DA who fought to say, where does President Zuma go to account on this issue? It was where um, others are still debating whether there's a signal jamming thing and where the police should be in the chamber. They can complain about it. It was us who've taken the, the parliament to court to to have to have the, the ANC account as to why we should have a signal jamming device, why we should uh, have... Um, have um, why, why in fact the police must be in the chamber. It was the DA who said, let's have an urgent debate on energy. And, uh, and, and we forced that discussion, and we are putting solutions to say we need alternatives, we need an IPP. It's been the DA who fought to get the spy tape so that we can get the president to finally have his day in court. So I think sometimes people confuse opposition with sloganism rather than, in fact, the real efficacy effective work of being able to get results and to to effect uh, accountability. I feel like I'm getting a history lesson from you now, Muzi. Um, <laughs> so I apologize. The, no, it's okay. It's okay. The ANC MP Tandi Mahambehlatla, I hope I've pronounced that correctly, accused you of protecting white privilege and white interests. Your thoughts on that? Look, you know, the ANC's narrative has to be about how do we talk about uh, how do we racialize issues? That's why he starts to speak about white capital, monopoly capital. I think it's, I think it's wrong to make that assertion. But I think it speaks to racial undertones more than actually the substance of the issue. If we were to discuss the issue of minority capital, and we talk about um, monopolizing things, I think we should be frank and say when the government, where the government is able to intervene, have they in fact diversified their offer? Now, 
The reason I'm asking for ESCOM to be broken down is to break down capitalism, is to break down monopolism so that, so that other players can come on board. Those players must be black. Those players must come in on board and compete in the sector. But instead, not the president has maintained monopoly. If you look at the issue of broadband, how there are new South African companies who could compete in the broadband space? Part of the nine-point plan, the president has said, no, we want to monopolize broadband and give it to telecom and telecom alone. So if you say to me, I'm protecting monopoly capital, I think you can see quite clearly it's in the ANC's policy framework and the intention to do so. And they failed to be able to achieve other outcomes of diversifying the landscape. So 21 years later, few still control the resources of the country, whilst the many don't. And my challenge here for President Zuma is that he should have spent an exceptional amount of time saying, our job is to diversify the offer that we put in our, in our procurement of goods and give them to more new players to come on board. What is the job of the DA then? Because as the official opposition, uh, I mean, if we look back into history, traditionally the DA has served the liberal white interests. And, of course, the, the country is changing at such a rapid rate that that's no longer the case. Do you think that because the DA is towing the same line, it's continuing to, to, to tow the same line, do you think that the line needs to change? Do you think that some of the players within the DA need to change in order to fully represent this country better? I think I think if you look at who the legitimate alternative for South Africa is, we've we've made we are the we are the alternative government. We've been able to get more people to 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 we're shifting. We're the only party that's grown from election to election. We're the only party that's grown. The ANC is in decline now, and we're growing. But yes, is a party of government. We've shown that where we govern, we govern better than anywhere else. We've also shown the fact that if you contrast not only um, our record of government, which can stand up on its own, but what we stand for, we want to build a project for a non-racist South Africa so that you can ensure non-racist, non-racial South Africa. In other words, let's build a party that is diverse. People say to me, no, look, you're trying to build a party for white South Africans. No, it's not. I'm trying to build a party for all South Africans, not black South Africans, not white South Africans, all South Africans. And therefore, that, that is a lot of, it is a sophisticated project in a world where people are desperately wanting to express race identity when they go to the ballot box, when people say, I'm voting this way because I'm this race. No, we are saying, vote this way because, yes, your race matters, but you need to be able to express your ideas and ideals, and those can transverse race. So black people and white people can share common understanding of the fact that we want to defend the Constitution, we want to uphold the rule of law, we want to have a market-based economy. They understand that. That's why, as a brand, you can see we are attracting as diverse a group of people as you can. If you look at Johannesburg, just as a metro, we got there 35% of the, of, 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 of the electorate. Now, 35% of the people who live in Johannesburg are certainly not white. They are diverse. If you look at Gauteng, as a result, we got, we got the highest, 30%. Uh, and the ANC went down from 54% to 53%, which tells you the fact that there is a shift where people are saying, we need an alternative, we need an alternative government, we need people who have been tested in government to be able to say we stand for that. So the DA, unlike any other party, unlike any other opposition party, we've grown, we are in government, and we're having our government records be tested. So that's why I also enjoy the donor debate, because people can stand up and say, but here in the Western Cape you did this, and we can say here in the Free State you did this. And that's where governments are good, is that people can then look back and say, I look at this track record, it's a good track record, I look at that track record, or it's, and, and, and compare the two. And then ultimately, so, so, so that's the brand of politics that we're playing, and that's the party that we're for. And I think the projection of the DS is going to be one where, as we build a multiracial platform, as we attract more and more South Africans from different races, people can have a legitimate choice between saying, do you want the ANC and all what the ANC stands for, or do you want the DA and all what the DA stands for? 
All right. Muzi Maimani, thank you so much for your time. Uh, congratulations on uh, a very, very, uh, I suppose, successful eight days where you really got your, your points across. Lots more to come. 11th of March. I'm looking forward to seeing what the stance is. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you more. I did see a picture on Twitter. You can go to at Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y. Look at what Muzi Maimani is, uh, is, is, is looking like right now. Very dapper for a long and tiring uh, two weeks that you've had. Congratulations and we look uh, forward to more. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, sir. So the other party, thank you to Muzi Maimani, the other party that has grown that the, the DA alluded to was, of course, the EFF, the Economic Freedom Fighters. And wow, have they stirred up the emotions in our parliament. Have they stirred up politics in South Africa? They've made it interesting um, and they've made it effective. A lot of people saying, you know, these guys are actually saying what we really believe. Uh, on the line now is um, Mbuyiseni Ndlozi. Uh, he joins us. Mbuyiseni, good morning to you and thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having us, and uh, good morning to, to everybody that's here. Now it's been it's been an absolutely interesting time for the EFF. How do you think uh, Sona went for you guys? Look, I think that in many different ways, the state of the nation this year was a serious wake-up call that um, has had us uh, thinking seriously about the many ways in which we have to transform Parliament as an institution that exercises oversight over the executive. The events of Thursday in particular, uh, not only usage of the police force who were hiding uh, under black and white, uh, you know, waitress and waitress's uniform, uh, but also the chaining of the signal um, have become very central, as it were, uh, to how parliament is run, what type of decisions can be taken and executed within the chamber, and what are the implications of those decisions on the important freedom that the Constitution guarantees, but also the remit of Parliament itself. And I think that uh, it's, a, it's a deep conversation about how we restore peace uh, to Parliament, its uh, you know, strategic independence, even though uh, it elects the executive, but its strategic independence uh, away from the executive uh, and the oversight that it must exercise. Mbuyisen Ndlozi, he is the spokesperson for the EFF. We're speaking so now on cliffcentral.com. It's just gone 20 to 10. If you've just joined us now, welcome. Mbuyiseni, um, a lot of discussions around the EFF. They, they won a lot of hearts uh, in what they were saying, um, really speaking the truth, and, and our hearts go out to, to some of the members who were, who were hurt uh, last Thursday. There's been a lot of discussions pre-SONAR about the healthiness, I suppose, of the EFF. How healthy are you going after this? So there seem to be some cracks in, uh, in, the, in the party at the moment. No, 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 no. The EFF is actually much more intact as an organization. Um, if there were any problems, uh, I think that, uh, you know, only time will tell. Uh, lies are very short legs. It's going to be very difficult for me to delve further on the issue because the individuals that uh, uh, are being used to purport that there is a crack within the organization are undergoing internal disciplinary processes. And I don't want to, you know, uh, compromise them as it were. But suffice to say that uh, the EFF remains actually very much more united uh, uh, behind the leadership that was elected at the National People's Assembly in Mangawung in December. We're actually much more f- focused on the programs, or focused on our work in Parliament, which, as you have seen, we delivered an excellent critique of the actual content uh, of the delivered uh, speech that was delivered in our absence on Thursday. Uh, we have uh, 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 programs. We went to Mushaking. We are engaged in several land occupation struggles. And there are many, many more programs uh, that are, are going to be coming out. We are actually much more united. We are making it a point that we are not distracted by uh, what are actually cracked individuals as opposed to them reflecting a cracked organization. But now, interesting thing, uh, Mbuyiseni, we saw how the ANC dealt with people who opposed their their leader, uh, kicked out, thrown out into the cold, and absolutely ostracized. Is that something that's going to happen in the EFF as well, or do you guys encourage uh, strong debate from your members? 
Look, um, uh, in general, uh, there, there, there's actually a lot of platforms within the EFF. It's still a young organization. Very difficult, uh, you know, not to be heard. Uh, there are many, many platforms, particularly for vocal and outstanding people like those that have decided to take a different uh, platform, and that is the platform outside the media. Every organization, including, you know, the company that employs you people, you know, it's got internal processes of raising matters. There are problems. It doesn't mean there are no problems right there in the station about delivery, you know, you pass, you speak past each other and all those things. But we don't hear about them in the media. Why? Because employees exhaust internal processes. But if you begin to start every time you are dissatisfied about the matter, before you raise it internally, you take a media platform. All the time, that can be how you run your house. So uh, I think that that is precisely what, uh, you know, also constitutes a growing organization. Moments like this help us to shape ourselves, to say what is the wrong practice, what is correct practice, and so on and so forth. None of them, those individuals that uh, have taken the media platform, can claim that they were not being heard within the party. And none of them, particularly the matters that they've recently raised, will be able to tell us that they raised them within the party. They never do. And that's what we're taking an issue with. Uh, and I'm saying that uh, you, you can't blame us for doing that. You can't say we are marginalizing people or what. I mean, even your organization, even your wife or your girlfriend, if she starts talking <laughs> elsewhere about problems, you're like, ah, but why don't you raise them first with me? I suppose the I mean, difference is... Have, I suppose then we could have released we could have, uh, you know, resolved them differently. So spo- that, that's what we're dealing with here. Yeah, but I suppose the difference is that if if my girlfriend goes to the public and has problems with me, there's not a crowd outside my door protecting her against me. And I think that's that's the question. I mean, that's a responsibility no, no, no. that a party about has. The public. It's about the friends. If she starts going, you know, to her friends or to your friends or to the relatives and start saying things you have never heard, you know, you would know ordinarily if there are problems, but, you know, you are fine in the house here, but then she goes and she goes to your mother and says, one, two, three, four. <laughs> what I'm talking about is the principle of the practice of raising matters elsewhere. No, I agree with that. I think we that's... have come out very strongly to condemn the violence. Fighters responded differently in different parts of the country. Yeah. We've said that, no, do not, do not beat Mnotama and so on and so forth. We've said those things that were on record to have condemned. All right, Mbuisene, before we let you go, very quickly, 11th of March, it is going to be the second round of paying back the money, EFT, e-wallet, or credit card. Um, What is the strategy for the EFF going into that? Look, uh, let me me firstly say this. Coming out of the reply of the president are two important factors for us that we want to highlight. One is that the president said nobody must work temporarily for more than three months in South Africa. We're going to be going around all retail stores because they are famous for doing this, to check workers. And if workers have been employed for more than three months, we're going to shut those stores down because they are engaged in an illegal process, because the president said so. Zuma must know that everything he says has implications. Two, he said that there are farmers who have given 50% of their ownership of the farms to workers are challenging him that on the 11th, he must not only bring back uh, an answer as to when is he going to pay back the money and how. He must also bring a list of those farmers who have given 50% of the ownership of their farms to workers or farm workers that work for them. We want to see that evidence on the 11th and the 12th of March. And, uh, and of course, uh, we will be insisting on answers want to warn them that there is a difference between a response and an answer. We want a concrete answer to the questions that have been put to the president. He must not go ideological. He must not go historical. He must not do that thing to us. He did to Mulder and the FF Plus. When are you paying back the money? Date and time. How? Iwala, ShopRite, installment. You get what I mean? <laughs> List of the farmers that have given 50% of their ownership to workers. You know, many are so-and-so, many are so-and-so, family so-and-so. That's what we want, concrete answers. And that's, that's how we know 
we're having an efficient, meaningful conversation on the basis of a remit of accountability that is enshrined in the Mbuisen, I'm going to have to let you go there. Mbuisen and Jose, he is uh, the spokesperson for the EFF. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, good luck for uh, the 11th of March. I know there's going to be a lot of supporters around you and uh, we will see what happens round two. Uh, and last but not least on cliffcentral.com on a Friday talking sonar, we of course need to get the voice of the ANC and uh, who better's voice to get than the ANC General Secretary, Mr. Gwede Mantashe. Uh, Gwede, good morning to you. Thank you so much for waiting and thank you for your time. Good morning. Now let's get straight into it, Gwede. Um, is it right to bring armed people into Parliament during the SONO debate? Come again. Would you say it's right to bring armed people into Parliament? Now your question is actually how pregnant because you are asking you are asking a question about dealing with a situation. You should start with whether it is correct for any party in parliament to try and disrupt proceedings of parliament. Then when we deal with that issue of the inappropriateness of disrupting parliament, say if it is disrupted, what should uh, the presiding officers do? Then the steps that are taken, which are outlined in the law, you, you, you must say if they were followed to the letter. Then your question will fit in, in that, in that set of questions. All right, let's presume that, that the disruption wasn't warranted and, uh, that the EFF were out of line. Um, do you believe that the correct procedures were taken regarding the parliamentary and parliamentary police? That was followed because the speaker did talk to a relevant member, asked them to sit down. When they refused uh, to refuse, he asked them to leave. When he refused, he asked the, 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 the officer in arms in parliament to talk to them. They did. Then they asked the security. Then asked the backup of the security forces. That is outlined in section 11 of the law. So the, the, the law was followed. All right. And what is important is that parliament must be secured. It must be defended all the time. It's an important institution. Which I think we can agree on, absolutely. Now, all of this commotion over the last eight days, I mean, you must be an exhausted man uh, after Sona and the Sona replies. Um, but really, the, the, the common theme is after eight days is around one man's debt to the country. Um Surely it would be easier for the ANC and the country if he just paid back the money uh, instead of, instead of I stalling. If, I don't know if you listen to pay back the money or to the State of the Nation address. Because the State of the Nation address outlined a number of issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my own view, I think the media did this society disservice by just focusing on disruption instead of trying to, uh, to, 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 to facilitate a debate on the issues raised in the state of the nation address. And that is what is missing even now. If your focus is on payback the money, which was not a subject of the state of the nation address, it means you have missed the opportunity of but, informing the public and society. But wouldn't you wouldn't you agree, uh, Gwede, that President Zuma almost brought this about himself by not answering those questions be- previously? We all wanted to hear about the sonar, but this became the center of the attention. No. No, I don't agree with that. My, my, my understanding is that that issue has been ended in a particular process, and any question to that question will have been there of a bad process. Then there is the state of the national crisis, which talks about very serious matters, ranging from the electricity crisis, the land question, the economy broadly, and many other issues. And the nine-point plan that was outlined there, if we don't discuss those issues, it means we're not serious about government. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, and I understand that it must be very frustrating for you personally and the ANC uh, for people to overshadow the idea of sonar because of, of this debate and public outcry no, about paying back the money. No, the sonar was not overshadowed. You don't believe it was overshadowed? No, no. With the Rabia Veterinary of Parliament, Sona was delivered for two days of discussion. Opposition parties participated yesterday. 
the president responded in detail. And to me, uh, because in my office there is a television where I always open the parliamentary channel when there are serious activities. And to me, there was a lot of details that came out of the debate and came out of the response yesterday. And any media house that didn't pay attention to that is, has done itself at the service because it is focusing on peripheral issues instead of dealing with real issues. One of the, one of the things I suppose separate to to Sonar, uh, Gwede, you know, we we've known uh, the ANC has had a history of vigorous debate. Um, uh, Jacob Zuma brought it up yesterday with regards to his quote by Oliver Tambo, uh, which I was listening to. Uh, but I suppose part of the problem with the Mbeki uh, regime was that no one stood up to him. Who now, in your view, is standing up to Zuma when it comes to disagreements within the ANC? I'm not. I don't know. I do you Can you repeat that? Sure. I was saying that uh, I suppose part of the problem with the Inbeki regime was that no one stood up to him, um, and and that's why ultimately he was relieved. Who now, in your view, stands up to Zuma in the ANC? I, I don't understand your question. Really. All right. Let me try a rephrase, Gwede. Um I think one of the one of the big questions uh, surrounding the ANC right now is: Is there a, a large amount of vigorous debate happening, or is it being shut down if someone disagrees with the president of the ANC? No, there's no such a thing. The president is, is elected in a conference by delegates from Brazil. There is, as a person, I become unhappy. My view uh, is of less value because every five years the ANC will hold a conference. We are very, very strict on internal democracy. And therefore, if people lose the base democratically in those processes, if they go and stand up and shout, they become individual citizens. They are not, they are not leaders of the industry. They talk as individuals. They are, they are free agents. So I, I don't think we should be uh, reducing the industry into the debate by free agents. The NC has policies, the NC has factors, the NC has internal democracy. Nobody is prepared from talking in the NC. Gwede Mantisha, I'm going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much. I would love to chat to you more, and I'm sure we'll have an opportunity. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, have a restful weekend after a very, very long day, long eight days in February. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That was General Secretary of the ANC, Gwede Mantashe. Wow. He has uh, definitely schooled us in the policy of the ANC. We've got Muzi Maimani. He schooled us in the history of South Africa, taking over from President Zuma there, and uh, Mbuyiseni Ndlozi from the EFF. We, of course, as well had Ranjeni Munusami from the Daily Maverick, a journalist who's been following the eight days of February. It has been a fantastically interesting uh, debate and discussion on cliffcentral.com over the last hour. It's uh, 10 o'clock now. We hand over to the sex show. Of course, you can catch, uh, if you missed any of this, you can catch the podcast on www.cliffcentral.com. Have yourself a fantastic Friday and a good weekend. From me, Andrew Levy, I'm out of here. Ciao, ciao.